Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. Good morning. I'm going to piggyback on exactly those thoughts. So let us pray. And let us relax from all the excitement about today and getting here. Just drop any concerns you may have at the moment. And instead, focus on this simple spiritual truth that we have already heard about this morning. And that is the entirety of God is ever present at all times, meaning that there is no more God substance or no less God substance in the entire universe than right here, right now. And as we embrace that comforting and beautiful thought, we also know that we always have opportunities to align our mind with God mind, with divine mind. And we know we always have opportunities to be in tune with the infinite, to be in tune with absolute truth. So today, let us call forth our powers of faith and wisdom to guide and empower us to choose and live the lives that we desire. Imagine your life filled with love, prosperity, kindness, excellent health, peace and harmony, and a great big dose of joy. For we are meant to be joyful creatures. Despite outer circumstances, we choose joy. Think about that with me for just one second. We choose joy. And so for all of these opportunities and blessings, we are grateful and we say thank you. And so it is, so it is, so it is. Amen. Well, my introduction today could be entitled Pamela and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Patterned after Alexander's, uh, the children's book, of course. But I did have one of those days recently, and uh, it was pretty intense. So I thought, I'm going to be vulnerable and share that, share that with you this morning, because it, it does tie into the talk. Um, well, I had all these decisions to make. All seemed like every aspect of my life, every single one was closing in and something needed to be done and decided and, and you know, all of that. And I'm also in the middle of making a major life decision. 
But that particular day, everything I've tried, you probably had one of these days, but everything I tried, I would try one thing and then that just caused another problem and another one and another one and another one. And long story short is that I had a minor meltdown. I was sad. It was, I wasn't angry. I was sad, you know, and I felt a little hopeless and a little helpless. I couldn't see my way out of this, you know, at that moment. And so I, what I do when I get upset is cry, you know. So I was crying and crying and crying and crying. And my son came in. Now, he's 38 years old. He does not identify as religious for sure. And I'm not even sure he would use the word spiritual in describing himself, although I know that he's deeply spiritual. But in any way, he went, Mom, what's, what's going on? And course, I gave him an earful. He might have been wishing he hadn't asked, but, but I don't think so. It really gave him an opportunity because um, I, you know, I told him all of that, and he went, Mom, Mom, sit down, sit down. Breathe. Breathe. Just breathe. Just breathe. And just be with me in the present moment right now. And I was thinking, boy, this really sounds familiar. <laughs> but... Anyway, but it was so beautiful for him to sort of lead me through this. And eventually, of course, it worked, you know. And I said, you're right. I said, I'm going to go to my bedroom now and meditate and rest. And it seems a little funny now, but, it, you know, it wasn't funny at the time. And I, I feel like I learned three things. Two I'm going to share now and the, the third at the end of the talk. But, I mean, I knew this, of course. I mean, I know these things. But knowing and applying are different, aren't they? But I, um, I definitely uh, realized in so demonstratively that we do need others to hold the high watch for us, even if that's, they don't think that's what they're doing. We do need others. And, of course, that's what our chaplain program and our unity friends are, are all about. And the second thing was that when you have that closed mind, you can't, sometimes you can't see outside of it. You can't see the good and the potentialities and the possibilities. So I'm glad I learned these lessons. <laughs> I think. No, I am glad I've learned them because I think it will help me personally and help me help others better. Well, there is a Hindu legend in the prologue of Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You. And you may have read this or heard about it before, but it's, a, it's such a good story. It's a, as I said, it's a Hindu legend, and all of the men, and we're hoping that means mankind, are gods at this time. But they so abused their divinity that Brahma, the chief god, took the divinity from them, never to have it again. But then the problem came up, where to hide the divinity? So Brahma called together his lesser gods. There were a few people that were still gods. And uh, that was their job to come up with where to hide this, uh, this divinity. So the first thing they said was, um, well, we know we'll dig a great big hole and we'll put the divinity in there and men will never find it. And Brahma goes, well, yeah, they, yeah, they will. They, all they have to do is dig down and they'll eventually do that. And, and uh get their divinity back. So they thought and thought again, and then they said, let's sink man's divinity in the deepest ocean. And 
promises, that won't do. Eventually, man will love to learn to dive, and he'll go down to the ocean floor and get the divinity again. And so they said, okay, okay, well, how about we put it on the highest mountain? We have the highest mountain that no man can climb. And Brahma once again said, eventually man will learn to climb, and he will go on top of that mountain and get the divinity. And they said, okay, we give up. We don't know. So Brahma said, here's what we'll do with man's divinity. We will hide it deep down in man himself. He will never think to look for it there. It's kind of scary too, though, isn't it? A kind of an ominous and poignant story. And I was thinking, thank goodness that we are taught in unity that we are fully human, which we usually don't need a reminder of, but fully divine. And Jesus the man uncovered his divinity, his Christ, and then shared that message and knowledge with us. As you know, Jesus said many, many times, the kingdom of God is within. So it is through our Christ consciousness or our highest nature that we do this aligning with God principle. So today we're going to talk about unity's power of wisdom, but before we dive into that, I thought it might be kind of neat to look at some quotes and scripture about wisdom. Yay! I'm always so happy when that works. <laughs> Aristotle said, knowing yourself is the beginning of wisdom. Oh, I guess these are individual. Okay. Knowledge comes, but wisdom lingers. The poet Alfred Lord Tennyson, which you probably remember from your British literature class. Yesterday I was so clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I am changing myself. Rumi. Well, there is one more. I'm going to... Uh, Go ahead and do it. It's not that one. We're coming to that one after this. But this is a scripture from Isaiah, which I didn't ever know and was very glad to find. And when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in. These last two, I know you know, do not judge by appearances, but judge by right judgment from our spiritual discernment. And judge not, lest ye be judged, is the way that uh, I learned that from Matthew. Well, our co-founder, Charles Fillmore, wrote about these 12 special abilities perfectly expressed by Jesus the Christ. And he called them the 12 powers, but the point was that they... Play with this for a moment. Purposefully expressed by Jesus, but also present within each and every one of us. And if you've been around Unity very long, or maybe just a few minutes, you have heard about the 12 powers. And these powers are part of our divine inheritance, and that's what's so, so important. Fillmore spoke about these powers needing to be quickened, which is actually a word from midwifery. Today, we would probably say they need to be called upon and brought forth or activated. Or you may hear people say that, name it and claim it. However you express it, you can think of them as untapped abilities that you can awaken and use from dormancy 
into action in our lives. And here are the 12 powers. You use these every day in your, in your life. It's simply we want to learn how to use them more through spiritual intuition and use spiritual discernment. Use them more wisely would be, uh, would be a good thing. You know, there's the ability of love, imagination, power, dominion, uh, which is the same as power, wisdom, understanding, zeal, elimination, faith, life, order, will, strength, and let's see, faith, life, order, will, and strength. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't have time to go into them today, but we're going to touch on them in the meditation. All wonderful abilities that we use every day, but perhaps we can find how to use them more wisely. Each of the powers has a disciple associated with it and a color and a part of the body. And these powers do all work together, but we take them apart in order to examine and kind of understand them. Here is Charles Fillmore's definition of wisdom, Charles Fillmore being our co-founder. Intuitive knowing, spiritual intuition, the voice of God within as a source of our understanding, mental action based on Christ's truth within. Judgment inclu- wisdom includes judgment, discrimination, and intuition. This knowing capacity transcends intellectual knowledge. So, the power of wisdom is the ability to evaluate, discern, and apply what you know. The disciple that represents wisdom is James of Zebedee, and the color is yellow. The location in the body is the solar plexus, or the pit of the stomach. This one's easy to remember if you think about some of the things we say sometimes. We say, I just have a gut feeling about that, you know, that that's the right decision. We even say just deep down, and you're probably referring to your abdominal area, or I have a sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach, right? that something's not right. That's usually when you're fearful. But wisdom at its highest level is the inner knowing of truth. Jesus Jesus in unity is often viewed as a wisdom teacher as well as our master wayshower and elder brother because he often taught so much the significance of judging by the standards of our highest self, our highest nature our Christ consciousness, rather than by appearances in the world. So he spoke and taught from that inner light of wisdom. Last slide. Yeah. By the way, Winifred Hausman was a unity minister and, she, and wrote many, many books, and she just made her transition in 2012 at age 90. But she wrote that Jesus' judgment and wisdom went far behind the, beyond the perception, knowledge, and judgment of even the most learned men of the day because his faculty of knowing was developed by a conscious acquaintance with source and a desire to express the wisdom of spirit. So he didn't simply draw uh, conclusions from intellectual knowledge 
And as we follow our way shore in developing our Christ consciousness, we too must turn to spiritual knowing. Well, you know, the three disciples that were with Jesus most of the time for his significant events were uh, Peter, James, and love. So Peter representing faith, James representing wisdom, and John representing love. Think what it would be like, I was thinking, if we brought faith, wisdom, and love to everything we thought and did. It's a goal. How do you react to the statement, every day is judgment day? Well, if you were raised in a conservative or fundamentalist church, that might mean that every day you're being judged, that God is looking at what you're doing and what you're not doing and upon which you will be judged. But what I mean, of course, every day is judgment day is that we get to choose and make decisions and create our lives through our thinking and our intuition. Our very lives are a product of our thoughts, are they not? And actions and deeds. And we are expressing our lives every moment of every single day through our thoughts and ideas, words and deeds. Gives one pause sometimes, doesn't it? Till you think, how am I coming off? A friend, I had a friend, or I still have her, but she was in my former church, and she said to me many, many, many times, um, I'm so great at manifesting, I just have to think of something, and it happens. And I heard her say it so many times, and of course, I just went, great, yeah, that's fantastic. But after hearing it one more time, I said, you know, Lucy, everyone is manifesting all the time. The question is, do we like what we're manifesting? Right. And I didn't say it to be smart. I just, as a teacher, she was in a lot of classes that I had. So that's why it's so important, of course, to be self-aware and to be, uh, you know, uh, knowing and uh, examining what kind of thoughts and ideas we're having. Well, in their book, 12 Powers in You, Williamson, Williamson, and Knapp told a story. Now, this isn't a joke, but it is an illustrative story about a reporter at a baseball umpire's convention. What the reporter is interested in finding out is how in the world umpires make those split-second decisions when the ball's coming 100 miles an hour and it just might barely clip the side of home plate. How do they do that? And so he interviewed the first umpire who said, well, there's balls and there's strikes and I call them the way I see them. Okay. The second umpire says, there's balls and there's strikes and I call them the way they are. The third umpire says, there's balls and there's strikes and they ain't nothing till I call them. <laughs> so it does sound like a joke actually. <laughs> but the authors made a point. We are the umpires in our lives. You might not have ever thought about yourself as being an umpire. I don't dig the get up too much, but, uh, but yeah. But more importantly, we are the umpires of our lives. What kind of calls are we making? What kind of self-talk do we have? Do I go, Pamela, you're so dumb or weak or not worthy? Or do we call ourselves beautiful and insightful and strong? What about other people in our family and our work? How are we calling people? How are we judging? What kind of judgments are we making? 
And one of the most important things to know there is not only what kind of judges, uh, judgments are we making, but from what consciousness? Is it from our ego, personality, sense consciousness, or is it for our highest, from our highest spiritual nature? And sometimes it's just good to reflect, what, it, what are the quality and natures of my thought today, you know? So how do we get wisdom then? If that's the goal, how do we get it? Can wisdom come from our intellectual intelligence and our spiritual intuition? Well, of course it can. They're different approaches, but think how many judgments you have to make in everyday life. The first one is deciding whether you're going to get up or not, you know? And we make judgments all the time. And some of the beauty of the 12 powers is that we can use them in our everyday lives. They're very practical. We can call forth those powers and use them. Do you need strength in order to face a tough day? Do you need zeal to get that, uh, that project started? Or maybe even life to maintain that vitality and enthusiasm. And all of these powers do work together. For instance, we can use the power of understanding to comprehend knowledge that we've collected, maybe from research or experiences or whatever. And then we can use our power of wisdom to evaluate and discern what is known. And that can serve as a foundation for making decisions. And we can just check in with ourselves any time of the day. Stop, breathe what I didn't, what I wasn't doing in that terrible day. Ask yourself, what is mine to do? Because sometimes it's not ours to do. We're all into it, but it really, it's not ours to do. And what is the highest good for all? That's really a measuring stick. What is the highest good of all? What is the highest good for all? Reverend Paul Hesselbeck even points out that we can use wisdom to evaluate how we're doing with wisdom. He didn't exactly say it that way, but, you know, we can use the power of wisdom to evaluate whether we're being the best person or not. But the deepest way to acquire wisdom, of course, is through spiritual intuition, investing time in prayer and meditation, which, of course, requires you to be in the silence, being silenced, relaxed, open, and receptive, and not thinking about the problem or decision you have to make. In fact, we're kind of trying not to think about anything, right? We're just allowing what is to come. And also, that inner voice, though, that inner voice of wisdom might not come to you in the meditation. Generally speaking, people, when asked, say that that kind of wisdom comes later on. Yes, of course, you might get a flash of intuition, but it can also come over you slowly. And it can come in different ways, too. That inner wisdom might be revealed in a dream. Maybe it's something you hear or see or read that all of a sudden just strikes you. And it is a moment of clarity that you can apply. Well, let's think back to my recent not-so-good day that I told you about in the opening. I told you I was shown so demonstratively to, that a closed, fearful mind cannot see the good and that we need someone to hold a high watch for us. But what I really wanted to add now is that I had the knowledge. 
I've been in Unity 22 years. You know, been a pretty good student. <laughs> Usually keep my spiritual practices. I had the knowledge that day, but I didn't apply it. And wisdom is the applying of the knowledge. So I thought that really made a good distinction between knowledge and wisdom. But the most important thing to remember from all of this is that we all already have this incredible inner wisdom. We just need to unleash it. And we all have the ability to know when and how to use wisdom also and just allow it to come forth and guide our judgments. So when we come from our higher self, we don't only raise our own consciousness, but we raise the consciousness of those around us and, dare I say, the world, one consciousness at a time. So before we go into meditation, I wanted to share one more thing from this little book called Live and Learn and Pass It On. It's from H. Jackson Brown. What, Junior, what the author did was to go around and ask all kinds of people between the ages of 5 and 95 to complete this sentence. I have learned. So here are just a few of them. I have learned that most of the things I worry about never happen, age 64. I have learned that when I get my room just like I like it, mom makes me clean it up. <laughs> age 13. You probably could have guessed that age. That's right. I've learned that whenever I decide something with kindness, I usually make the right decision, age 66. I have learned that wherever I go, the world's worst drivers have followed me, <laughs> age 29. I have learned that everyone has something to teach, age 51. And my, the last two, and my two favorites, I have learned that you can't hide a piece of broccoli in your glass of milk, <laughs> age seven. <laughs> and the last one, I have learned that I still have a lot to learn, age 92. So anyway, thank you. Now, let us take a moment from all of those words. With your attention at the center of the brain, silently affirm, I am faith. I have faith in things invisible. With spiritual guidance, I know the truth of what I am. I am spirit, and I am committed to being the best person I can be. With your attention over your front forebrain, silently affirm, I am will. I align my consciousness with divine mind. I am open and receptive to following my understanding of God mind. And I make choices and decisions based on this good. Staying in the forebrain area, silently affirm, I am understanding. I 
give thanks for spiritually seeking, comprehending, and knowing the truth. And the truth sets me free. Now focus your attention on the area between the eyes and silently affirm, I am imagination. I see from the highest watch. I envision peace and harmony in this abundant universe. My divinely inspired imagination catapults my creativity and wonder. Now focus on the back of your neck, the base of your brain, and silently affirm, I am zeal. I go forward with vigor and enthusiasm for that which is mine to do. I'm passionate and motivated by divine guidance. And now focus on the hollow of your throat and affirm, I am power. I allow no thoughts of limitation, for I have dominion over my thoughts. I have the power to change my thoughts as necessary to energize my body and to bless others. Let your attention now drop to your heart center and silently affirm, I am love. I am the perfect expression of divine love, love that transforms and fills my heart with harmony. Love fills my mind with kind, helpful thoughts. Through the consciousness of love, I speak words of praise and cheer. And now beneath the heart, the pit of the stomach, silently affirm, I am wisdom and good judgment. I temper my emotions with wisdom and make the best choices for myself and my well-being. This allows me to bless and support others. Now at the navel, the center of the abdomen, affirm, I am order. I use organization and right relationships to claim order and harmony in my world. The order that allows my spirit to be nurtured and calm. And now the small of the back. I affirm strength. My strength is steady, resilient, quiet, and confident because my strength emanates from my awareness of my highest nature. Now focus on the lower abdominal region and affirm, I am elimination. 
I release all that works against my highest good. I release resentment, petty concerns, and negative behaviors. For in my consciousness, all is well. And now we focus on our reproductive area and affirm, I am life. Radiant light and life flow through me, recharging my mind, body, and spirit with sustained energy. I fully embrace my oneness and wholeness. And so it is. Amen. For listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.